0: 10 ways I'm going to cover to have a love affair with money. How to have a great relationship with money. It saddens me that so many people have such a bad relationship with money. Uh, And I know when I was in a lot of debt, I had a terrible relationship with money. The irony of money is a lot of people think that people who are rich, all they do is think about money and they're obsessed about money. I would argue that people that are first world poor or skint, they spend more time thinking about money because they're worrying about it all the time. So I've got 10 things that I think can really help you have a love affair with money. I'm going to go into some detail on those um, and hopefully just get you to see that actually money doesn't really have any meaning as such other than the meaning that you place upon it. Um, so I'll tell you what, I'll list you the 10 and then I'll deep dive into the 10. So the first thing, oh no, before I do that, um, someone commented on my take one on my holiday shirt. You're damn straight is my holiday shirt. Uh, I'm in the Cayman Islands. I can't actually go outside at the moment because the kids are in here and there's a, a quite a deep swimming pool there. So I just have to stay in the house, but we'll do some lives from outside. Sorry if you're listening and that's a bit of a tease. Um, that you're not in the Cayman Islands, but hey, you know, um, you'll have your time. <laughs> all right then, so uh, number one on how to have a, a great love affair with money is understanding what it is. A lot of people just don't understand what money is, and they have all these beliefs and judgments and values and projections based on inaccurate information of what money is. The second thing is to see the good in money and not just the bad. Um, nothing has all upside or downside. Money has downside, money has upside. But money is um, made by uh, machines that were made by man. Uh, money is a human construct. Uh, and as such, all the good and the bad that's in money is actually in humanity. Number three, um, realize that your beliefs around money aren't real. They're just your beliefs around money. So I'm going to ask you to think about what you want your beliefs to money to, about money to be. Should you choose, um, you know, to, to, to wipe the slate clean and, and to play the money game the way you want to play it. Number four is, um, use it for something great and use it for the greater good. By the way, I'm rushing through these because I'm telling you what they are and then I'm going to detail them. Uh, number five is remember people are going to judge you anyway around money, whether you have a lot or not a lot, whether you're flashy or you're subtle and humble, they're going to judge you no matter what. Um, number six will be that your past does not have to dictate your future. So things like your mistakes, your upbringing, you know, they don't have to dictate the rest of your life, uh, which for a lot of people they do. Um, number seven, um, uh, what, what it actually takes um, to have a comfortable amount of money. Um, number eight, um, a lot of people think they're taking from poor people or other people when they're hoarding or growing wealth. That's a mistake. That's a fallacy. We'll cover that. Number nine, um, you create much more economy. The more wealth you have, the richer you are, the, the local, what I call um, personal GDP you create. Uh, and then number ten, um four ways to use your money, which I think are a really effective use of money, which should get rid of any guilt or, or worry about money. Okay, so let's deep in deep dive into them then. Number one, understanding what money is and isn't. So what money isn't is everything that people think it is, except a universal mechanism of exchange of value, a unit of count um sorry, a unit of account, a measurement of worth and value is it's you measuring um in a universal way your value so that it can be exchanged in an efficient and um i guess universally agreed and accepted way that's all that money is and uh, now people think that it's evil people think that it's greed but no, human beings are evil and human beings are greedy. But of course, human beings are also, um, great givers of love and philanthropy and charity. Uh, and you know, human beings are kind and caring and supportive. So money will really make you more of what you already are. It's an enabler, an amplifier. So if you're already a philanthropist and someone who's a, a, a giver, um, you if you have more money, that would enable you to do more of that. If you're um a hoarder, you'll hoard more money if you get it. Hoarders don't tend to get much more. Um if, if you're greedy, it will fuel your greed. Um But you know, all these other things that people think money is: power, seduction, bribery, etc., that's just people using it as a lever. That their their, their their humanity is is being exaggerated. Um, I tend to think that money will exaggerate the traits that you have as well as e- enable uh, those traits. So, um, you know, you can leverage it for good or you can leverage it for bad. Um, okay, someone's just said on this live, Rob, lend me 10 grand to get started and I'll give it to you with interest in a year. Um, I don't tend to lend my money. I tend to invest it in myself. Fair play for having a pitch. Um, but I don't understand about the business model and I need to understand the value you can give me before I give you money. Um, okay. Number two then is to see the good in money and not just the bad. So money has fueled all philanthropic courses. It's built schools. It's built libraries. It's funded all research in medicine and vaccines. Um, you know, it's helped so many poor people across the globe. Now, I know some people will say that, um, money has also caused some of those problems. Money hasn't. The individuals who are using the money for power have. Remember, money seem, will exaggerate your traits. It's an enabler and an amplifier. It's, it's a form of energy moving. Um, so if you see the good in money, the fact that you can use it for good causes, the fact that you can invest in products and services, the fact that you can tip people, um, the fact that you can maybe buy nice things for your children and do good things for the people around you. Um, if you see that money is that vehicle, you'll tend to attract more of it. OK, number three, then, is to realise your beliefs around money aren't real. So people think that money is what they believe it is. Um, and what they believe it is, is based on their past experiences, their upbringing, you know, maybe their schooling, their geography. Uh, but in reality, that's your individual um, beliefs and lifestyle and um, past experiences around money, Um that doesn't make them real. So if there's any baggage you're holding on to, and, and be honest here, you know, do you want more money? It's okay to want more money, by the way. Um, do you feel that you're worth more money? Do you sometimes feel like you're a bit of a victim? Do you feel out of control and unable to generate more money? So if you feel all those things, then why don't you wipe the slate clean? And why don't you think about what you want to believe about money? Like it's a cause for good. Like it's an enabler of your great traits, um, like it's a, a form of energy flow, um, and you can increase that energy flow for yourself and for others. Um, you know, that money is a gift, that money is a tool. And by the way, those beliefs aren't real either. They're just real to an individual. But, you know, someone will have an amount of money. Anyone will have their amount of money directly linked to their beliefs around money. Okay, you know, I, I know a lot of people who believe that if they had a lot of money, people would believe they've changed. People would see them as um, greedy or, you know, somehow not focused on caring and humanity. And because of that, and they wouldn't want to be perceived as greedy or that they changed, they repel money. Uh, they undercharge. It's quite, um, It's quite sad to see, really, because if money is a form of energy exchange, more money means more energy. Okay. So number four, and I think this is quite an important one. You know, why don't you just use money for great things? Why don't you use it, use it, use it for greater good? If your company makes a lot of money, reinvest into your staff, reinvest into their benefits, reinvest into marketing, Uh, reinvest into, um, you know, maybe building a, a better facility for your staff to work, reinvesting your online brand for yourself. You know, you could buy a nice house. You could go on a nice holiday. You could treat yourself so that you're able to relax, so that you can re-energize, so that you can then be more um, prolific and focused when it is time to go deep into work. You could give a, a percentage of it away. You could tithe and you could give 10% or 20% or whatever away. I give all of my profits from my book money, all global sales of my book money, all my profits that co- will end up coming to me all go to my foundation. Uh, and that feels really good. And that... That that kind of raises my own energy and fuels me to want to do more good because good is like a, that energy of feeling good. It's like a, a a virtuous cycle, a self-fulfilling prophecy, and it creates more of the same. Okay, number five then. People will judge you anyway. So if you have a shit car or a fancy car, a shit house or a massive house, you know, if you wear fancy clothes or cheap clothes, if you travel um, in economy or first class, people are going to judge you. They will judge you anyway. So you might as well be rich. You might as well be wealthy. You might as well have more to give if they're going to judge you anyway. Because a lot of people are holding back their own wealth. They don't understand that. um, But they're holding back their own wealth. wealth. They're sabotaging it because they're worried about how people will perceive them. But people will judge you anyway. People will judge you not on your beliefs and values and wealth and what you do with it. People will judge you on their upbringing and their history. Just look at Facebook ads when you run some Facebook ads and you see all the vitriolic comments around the economy and around money and around influencers and around millionaires. And you just see they're projecting out their own beliefs because they don't even understand these people that they're um, commenting on. They've never met them before. They don't know anything about them. They're just going, oh, I, I hate seeing Facebook ads. Oh, this guy says he's a millionaire. Then he must be an evil bastard. <laughs> Keyboard warriors. Um, number six, then. Um your past does not have to dictate your future. So any of your past um flaws and failings and mistakes and guilt and shame and a strong emotional memory that you're holding on to that you have a, a big void in that does not have to dictate your future. But the problem is a lot of people's you're right there, Bubs? Yeah. A lot of people's pasts are governing their futures. But every new opportunity of the present and the future doesn't have to be pulled down with the baggage that you carry forward from the past. And every new product that you create, every new client you meet, they're not like um, how your businesses went in the past or your clients were in the past. Whereas, like I said, a lot of people are, oh, well, you know, I've got rubbish clients who don't want to pay me much money and my last products and services bombed, so these ones are going to bomb as well. Someone wants to say Hi. <laughs> your hair's looking good, Bobby. Can I carry on? You just come and sit on my lap if you want. All right, we're on number seven. Can you see here, Bobby, number seven? Do you want to read out number seven? No? Okay, I'll read out number seven then. So um, if you're honest, what would you like in your life? Uh, and I see a lot of people judging people who've got Lamborghinis or travel first class or go to fancy, um, you know, countries all around the world. When, in fact, they would want a really nice car and they would want a really nice house and they would want to travel to nice destinations. Who doesn't? You know, you probably want to put your kids through a really good school, a private school. You probably want to be able to, um, you know, treat them well. I'm not saying spoil them, but treat them well. So my guess is all the things that you want in your life. Um, Cars, travel, experiences. A lot of people say, actually, experiences is the way you should use money. I'm not going to judge. Look, they're saying you're cute, bobs. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like girls? No? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people say that experiences, they're the things that, you know, are the great gifts of life. Oh, and they're, they're all free. No, they're not. If you want to go and travel the world, you need income to cover all your overheads while you're away so you can travel around the world. So why don't you think about all the things that you want to do and you want to have, and that can be material and that can be experiential, um, and then actually plan out those things and then use that as a motivator to go and drive you to make the money to to go and do those things so that you know that money is being used well. Therefore, you don't have that guilt or fear of judgment. Okay, number eight then. Um, the you want to read number eight? You're going to do it? We both read it? Yeah. Okay, go on then, number eight. So. Know that you are not taking from anyone, merely giving value and producing. Perfect. So a lot of people think that, well, if I make a lot of money, not me, you, um, then they're taking away from someone else. Like money is a zero-sum game. I win, you lose. I, you give, I take, I have, you don't. They don't realize that money's a constant flow. There's a virtually limitless amounts of energy because, sorry, of money because money is energy. Someone said that I've been sacked. You're taking over, Bobby. You're better at the lives than daddy is. <laughs> oh man. How am I going to get through these 10? This is going to be a podcast as well. Um, say hi to everyone on the podcast, Bobby. <laughs> right. So, um, I can understand why people wouldn't want a huge amount of money if they felt like they were taking from everybody else, but money is a constant flow of energy. It's constantly moving around. There's consumers and producers, there's givers and there's takers. Money is... Um, currency, the word currency means flow to flow and money works best when it's flowing the fastest. And if you just imagine an old crusty note, like a, the, one of those old five pounds, you know, that nearly sort of um, breaks apart when you touch it. How many times has that been exchanged from me to my son to uh, the golf club to wherever? That, might have, that note may have gone around 500s to the footballer, yeah. <laughs> that might have gone around a 1,000 or 2,000 people. So one five pound isn't actually a five pound. It's a five pound for, to me, then a five pound to Bobby, then a five pound to the golf club, then a five pound to the footballer, and and it just goes round and round and round. So that five pound, a hundred times is five hundred pounds, a thousand times is five thousand pounds, ten thousand times is fifty thousand pounds, and on and on and on and on. So money is continually exchanged. So you don't actually take from anyone. When you have money, you produce value that they equate to equal or worth more than the money that they exchange. So when you give £5 to someone, you expect £5 or more in value. So you receive value and they receive the money. So you've received something. Um, That could be a a product that you consume. Generally speaking, in the world, the the richest people are the producers and the poorest uh, people. And I say first world poor, skint poor, are the consumers Um, people who spend all their money consuming things, alcohol, addictions, food, you know, like just travel, etc. experience and with no saving, investing, um, etc. They tend to be poor, whereas producers, they produce products and services and investments that they are able to grow and expand and then leverage. Okay, number nine, the richer you are, the bigger the economy you create. So I call this um, your personal GDP. Um, so GDP is the amount of money that's flown around an economy at a given period of time, and your personal GDP is the same. So if you're a billionaire and you fly by private jet, you've hired the pilot, um, there's some maintenance people, there's the crew, there's all the big tips that you give, there's the drivers that pick you up there and back. Uh, and all those people are, um, are able to offer their products and services to you, the billionaire. Um, and they're getting employment thanks to you having a lot more money. So when a lot of people think that actually the rich take from the poor, no, the rich produce for the poor to <coughs> consume. Uh, and then the rich get richer and the economy around them is bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, and therefore, there's a lot more employment around them. So the the uh, amount of money and the amount of energy grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. So it's actually uh, the reverse thought process. Um, You don't take by making more money. You actually give more money by having more money because your overheads will increase and the amount that you spend will increase. And there's people around you who will benefit from that. Okay, and then finally, number 10 is if you want to sustainably grow and make more money and have a love affair with money, then when you get some, save a bit, invest a bit, spend a bit and give a bit. Um so that's what we're doing with Bobby. Bobby has been um winning some hey Bob, you're on again. Bobby's been winning some big lumps of money playing golf, haven't you? Um uh, but we've asked him to spend half and save half. And when he's old enough to invest, he'll invest some as well. Okay, so save a bit, invest a bit, spend a bit, give a bit. Um someone has asked where's my little daughter? She's over there on the iPad. Little oh, you can see the iPad and her legs. And, my and there's Bobby's iPad, Yep, yeah, glad that we got that out there. We all needed Mitchell. to know that. Yeah, all right, so let me summarise then. I get a lot of feedback that, that people like the summaries. So how to have a love affair with money. There are 10 ways to have a love affair with money that I've covered. That's one understanding what it is, a universal exchange of value, a, a unit and measure of account, a measure of your own uh, net financial worth or your um, creation or material value and worth. That's all it is. It's not anything else. It's not greed. It's not evil. It's not power. It's not bribery. That's humanity. So money is made by machines that are made by man. Therefore, money is a reflection of humanity, both good and bad. So therefore, number two, you can see the good in money and not just the bad because it's paradoxically equal, just like humanity are paradoxically equal, good and bad. Number three, your beliefs around money, especially the bad ones. Aren't real. They're just your experiences. So why don't you wipe the slate clean and think about how much money you'd like to make and what you'd like to spend and invest it on and what you'd like to do with your life and what you'd like to give back um, and you know what you'd like to believe about money that's going to be um, empowering for you. Number four, use it for the great greatness and greater good of society, of humanity, of yourself, to be the best version of yourself and to help humanity as much as you can. Number five, people are going to judge you anyway, so you might as well be rich. Number six, your past doesn't have to dictate your future. Your past mistakes, your past failings, your bankruptcies, your upbringing. So forgive yourself for all the mistakes you've made. Forgive others for the things they've wronged onto you or you perceive. Uh, Wipe the slate clean. Start again with some positive, empowering beliefs. Number seven, if you're honest, you know you want a lot of money. You know there's a lot of things that you would love to do and places to go and things to have that, you know, that would fill you with joy. So go for it and don't worry about being judged Um, and don't worry how much they're going to cost. Just go out and make it happen because um, a couple of others lead linked to this. Uh, number eight, you're not taking from anyone when you earn a lot of money. Um, you're merely creating and exchanging value and energy, um, which is latently stored in the money and then passed on to someone else. Number nine, the richer you are, the bigger economy you create, all the products and services and the employment that you can give to the world. The more money you have, the more places you go, the more things that you buy, the more that you invest... Um, and then number 10 is save a bit, invest a bit, spend a bit and give a bit. Save a bit, invest a bit and spend a bit and give a bit. And I think that's a great use of money. All right. So thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Have you got anything finally to say, Bobby? Go Man United. Oh, dear. Right. We're going to have to edit that out. No. <laughs> Go Man United. That's terrible. How did, how did I manage to raise a son? who supports Man United he supports Arsenal no I support Liverpool and they're the best team right thanks for tuning in remember if you don't risk anything you risk everything